1: Chakras podcast. There are interviews that are given as a gift and this is one for me. Now today I get the privilege to talk to Zen monk and author Dr. Stephen Harefield. Now Dr. Harefield is also, an alumni of my college, the University of Washington. So, go dogs! Yay! Yeah.
2: <laughs> go <laughs> so dogs! Yeah,
1: go dogs! Yeah. Um, anyway, so he also has a doctorate in metaphysics. Now, Dr. Harefield has much knowledge to share, but for today, he will tell us. His experience reading 2,000-year-old Buddhist scrolls about the life of Jesus as a child learning metaphysics and consciousness in his childhood Buddhist monastery and his life after the crucifixion. When he returned back to the homage of his monastery with his cousin, John the Baptist, his best friend, Thomas, and his supposed girlfriend or wife, mary Magdalene. so with that, welcome dr harefield
2: well, good morning thanks for having me a lovely one. it's a pleasure to be here
1: oh it's 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 my it's an honor for me um so this really this one is really a gift for me that the, the, the teachers are, have blessed me with. So I'm just so thankful. But you know, I love, love to talk about master teachers and we have so many in the Buddhist tradition. Um, and there are many luminaries to learn from in how to enjoy the Dharma best. So through synchronicity, my teachers led me to you to tell your story of how you fact-checked the life of Jesus, whom Buddhists, Muslims, Jainists, Hindus, and um, many others in the area revere as Issa, a Buddhist monk. So I have a lot, a lot of questions. Um, and before I get to these questions about Jesus, is- Issa is how we know him. Can you tell us your story for how you got into this work in the first place?
2: Well, my short answer is, is by seeming accident, but because I don't necessarily believe in accidents, that everything in this life and what we call reality serves a purpose. Um, I was in my senior year, knew I was gonna graduate, had taken my finals, um, and I, I had learned earlier in Southeast Asia to follow my urges when I got them. Um, and I had this overpowering urge to go to India and um, like I said I knew I was going to graduate and um, decided to follow that urge and went to India I had no idea where I was going what I was even doing there but um, I thought it was there and I began to travel north and again just following what I felt um, and then found myself on the northern fringes of the punjab which is the desert of uh, northern india and was sitting under the shade of a tree and sipping tea and from behind me a voice said "Uh, we've been waiting for you and i didn't figure they were talking to me because who knew i was in india in the first place not even my family knew i was there and then the next thing i heard uh just kind of well blew my mind as i think it would anybody <clears throat> because the same voice said your name is Stephen, is it not and then i looked around for <laughs> I humorously share rod serling didn't see him thinking i was on the twilight zone and i slowly turned around and looked and the softest brown eyes I think I'd ever seen in my entire life, even to this day. And I looked at him and said, yes, my name is Stephen." And he said, we've been waiting for you. And I looked at him and said, how did you know I was here? And his next answer also surprised me because he said, we began concentrating on your energy about six months ago, which by the way, was how long I'd been having that urge to go to India. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, (coughs) And I looked at him and said, "Okay." And then he said, you're here to learn. And you're here to learn about one known as Isha. And I had no idea who that was at the moment. And I said, Isha? And he said, yes. He said, the one you know is Jesus. Now, I was raised Catholic, so you can imagine my shock. I went, really? And they said, yes. So I thought, "Okay," And I followed him to a monastery uh, called Darjeeling. And um, that's where my education began.
1: Right, right. And let me ask you something. Cause for a lot of people in the West and in different places, they're not very familiar with this concept of tuning into your energy and expecting you. So, can you explain how the um, the Lama and the monks at the at Yeshua's monastery were able to expect your energy? You know, can you explain wow. that a little bit further?
2: That's quite a lengthy answer, um, but I, I'll attempt to keep it somewhat shortened. Every single one of us, as individuals, our energy type, if you will, is as unique as our fingerprint. Meaning that your energy type, there's only one of you. Um, and without going through all of it, um, they, well, how do you explain this? i um, i Wait, they, if, if go ahead okay i'll I'll explain how i know it i'll explain how i know it and then i'm thinking maybe i'm okay go ahead
1: so my understanding of everybody's energy field is everybody has a unique energy signature it's like your vocal dna yes and they've already proven in science that everybody has a unique frequency yes and that frequency is the same frequency, unique to them, and it can go up in intensity or down in intensity depending on um, different factors about how they live their life and how they work on their energy. Yes. So is that basically it?
2: Yes. Oh, okay. um, the it, it's, it's, it, just, just to add to that, yes, uh, depending on what you eat, what you're doing at the time, uh, where your thought processes are. Like one of my teachers said to me one day, what if what you call your God heard everything that you thought and considered that thought a request to give you that as your experience? Would you change the way that you think? And of course I said, yes, my point in that is, is thoughts delineate our energy intensity, let's put it that way. Right.
1: Uh,
2: but everyone having that unique fingerprint Um, They were seeking, as odd as this may sound, um, like they do the Dalai Lama, um, and they found my energetic imprint and said, this is the one that we choose. And then they drew me to them through that energy imprint, and that's how they even knew I was there at that day and that time,
1: by the same imprint is
2: right out they, there as it sounds
1: but right they um they connected to the field of consciousness yes. yes found your dna voice signature or your energy signature yes and then basically just send out the the bat call <laughs>
2: yeah basically you could say that yeah it's they got into that call they got into my spider web and went come here They <laughs> yeah. said
1: you need to come here this is part of your and I, and, and is this something when they do this? Is this something that just all of a sudden they just they get in meditation?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so in they may, they kind of get a new instruction like, ooh, here's a new instruction for you. You need to find yes. Stephen yes. to complete his um his mission to study the scrolls." Yes. Okay, so that kind of answers. And if you can expand on this, what was it about you? that the lamas of Issa's monastery allowed you permission to the scrolls because not everybody gets permission. This is not a free-for-all zoo. So why, what was it about you that the lamas gave permission?
2: Well, I had been in India for quite some time before I had ever... Uh, they they had spoken with me about them. Uh, like in Nepal, southern Nepal, there's a lake that's known as Lake Isha, Uh, which is really going to make you wonder. But in any event... Um, they educated me on different aspects and then when they felt I was ready however you do that I mean I understand that I just don't want to get off on a tangent Um, they said one day that we were going to uh, Tibet to a place known as the Holy Cross Monastery which is the actual first place that uh, I saw the scrolls um the reason they don't just show them to everybody is because everybody has this idea. Everybody has this idea that what they want to do is disprove it. Uh, they want to knock it down. They want to make sure that it, to them it's a lie. And I want every all of your listeners to understand something. Once you've been in a monastery and once you understand the Buddhist train of thought, and, uh, and it doesn't matter whether there's Zen or Tibetan or whatever faction it may be, Um, they are meticulous record keepers. Uh, They don't do it to flaunt, prove, disprove anything to the world. Uh, They just do it for future studies uh, so that anybody that comes along in the future that's on a journey of consciousness, enlightenment, whatever it is that we wish to call it, Uh, they have resources that they can utilize. I also want to say that when I first got there, I had all of these little pads and pencils, and I was going to take all kinds of notes. Um, And I remember my first session with one of the teachers, Lobsang, I had my little uh, notepad and pencil in hand, and he said, no, 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 he touched my hand. He said, no, 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 this is memory. You uh, keep it in your mind, not on paper. And I thought, okay. And then he said, all ancient teachings were always verbal. They were never written. And I thought, okay, um, I can accept that. Um, And so I just put my pencil and paper away. And um, they began to talk. So when we got to the Holy Cross Monastery in Tibet, uh, getting back to where I was going, uh, we go into the monastery, and Kaila, my lama or abbot, spoke with the abbot that was there in that one. And they brought a bunch of scrolls out, uh and an interpreter at first because at that point i couldn't read tibetan and or even sanskrit can i now yeah if i around it for a while um
1: what was it like when when you were okay so your preview to to an ancient document, um you know coming from your tradition of Catholicism, what, what was it like as you were kind of walking into that? And then, <laughs> you know, it's kind of um, surreal. It's, it's, yes, it is, you know.
2: very much. I mean, needless to say, I mean, when I first found out who Isha was and that he was there and, and to think uh, that Jesus was taught what he knew, I mean, think about that. That mm-hmm. he did what he did, yes, but he was also taught and how to accomplish them? Understanding energetics, vibration, uh, how to maneuver it, use it, whatever uh, you wish to call it. Right. Uh, and when they first brought these scrolls to me, I mean, I was literally shocked.
1: You must be like floating in the air or something. Like, oh, uh, when yeah, am I gonna? When am I gonna wake up? When am I gonna wake yeah, up? Yeah,
2: yeah. I wanted to pinch myself four or five thousand times. Yes. Yeah uh but to actually read these i mean the bible only says he was missing for 18 years from the age of 18 until 31 but they'd never say where he went well there's big,
1: the big holes yeah
2: yeah uh and like i said i didn't go to india i mean if any of you listening to this show if you decide to go to india and you walk into Himas, which we'll get to in, uh, in a little bit i suppose uh, and you say, "I'd like to see the scrolls on Isha, They're going to look at you and go, "Who? Mm-hmm. What? What are you talking about?" Because mm-hmm. they're not—they're not, they're not going to do that. Why? Like I said, right in the get-go, It's because everybody wants to go and disprove it. Right. They're not—they're not, they're not going to give you the opportunity.
1: Yeah. It's not a circus. It's not a no. circus show. No. It's, it's not for you to. No, um, they don't trust people to no. destroy it for their own egoic purposes.
2: Well, they've, they, they've had enough experience on other things. And I won't even bother to go into those, even though I could, mm-hmm. where uh, science has come in wanted to examine something. And next thing you know, part of what they had was gone. Mm-hmm. Um and the people doing the study were also gone. So they don't, you're yeah. right. They don't they yeah. they are trusting in their innocence but they're not stupid.
1: That is a big difference. It's called yes. discernment.
2: Yes, ma'am. Thank you and so much. And that is
1: and that is a spiritual um lesson. Yes. that people have to know is discernment um, you know I'm familiar with Issa's story growing up in Buddhism mm-hmm. um, yes. and however he is one of many teachers that we yes. respect and we learn from
3: yes. and
1: for me I grew up telling some of my Christian friends about Isa <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> I know you're laughing because I got, I got one of two things I either got anger mm-hmm. which was most common yes. or I got that it fell on their on deaf ears. So, you know, they would say to me, your Issa may exist, but it's not the same Jesus. So like many Buddhists, I just moved on. It was just not worth it. Um, however, I was delighted when the government of India published a documentary about Jesus as a Buddhist monk. Mm-hmm. And it healed for me a lot of discord that I had as a child. Mm -hmm. growing up with Christian friends trying to convert me to Christianity um, for fear that I'm going to go to hell unless they save me. Okay, I know, I know, but this is true. This is true. When you you say it out loud, it sounds kind of ludicrous. So, you know, and they wanted me to reject the knowledge about the complete, complete life of Isa. So Mm -hmm. I I preface that with this question. And I honestly say this from the bottom of my Buddhist heart, okay? And I'm Mm -hmm. very open to different faiths. Why does the complete records of Isa's life anger so many Christians? Why don't they want to know his full life?
2: Well, um, I'm going to seemingly come at you as a Christian for a moment.
1: Please do. Which
2: is, is, uh, well, I'm going to uh, blatantly, and I just, it would... uh, I would love for everybody in this world to, to hear this podcast, not because I'm on it, but because of the subject. Um, if you question in any manner uh, the idea of the Christ, then you don't have the faith and they'll throw the idea of the faith of the mustard seed at you. And then they'll uh, hit you with you, all you are as a sinner in your thoughts. And let's understand, everybody, one thing right now. If there is a sin, there is one. And it's the sin of separation. Separation from the divine. And all the divine ever wants, if there is a want by it, and I use that term loosely, Uh, it's for us to understand who we are, which Christ attempted to teach. Even if you were to sit down and read the Bible, if you understood Buddhism and you read the Bible, almost everything, and I'm not going to say 100%, but the vast majority of what he shared is based on Buddhist precepts. And it's not taking anything away from the one that you that Christianity calls Christ. No, it's just the opposite. It's just a huge thing. If everybody stepped back and thought, wow, he was taught. I mean, what do you think Christ meant in the Bible when he said even the least among you may do these things and greater things may you do? You think he was lying or kidding? Yet Christianity itself wants you to believe that no, you can't. And if you attempt it, you're evil and a sin. Really? So no wonder people get accosted by even suggesting that there may be something different about Christ. In uh, my book, A Metaphysical Interpretation of the Bible, I have a a complete chapter devoted to the mystery of Jesus and who he is and what he's about. I I see Christ as a great master teacher. I don't, nobody's going to sit there and ever convince me That Christ did what he did, so a religion would be made out of him. I've actually been asked this. You ready for this? That was Christ a Christian? And I look, I look at him and go, What? Was Christ? Christ didn't even know what Christianity was. And he would probably turn over and get vastly irritated if he knew another religion was made out of him. If you look back, even in the Bible. He was against religions, and everybody else so understand, please, Buddhism is not a religion. It's a philosophy, a way of living, a way of being, a way of accomplishing, and it's nothing other than that. I hope that answered your question. Sorry.
1: That was really beautiful. I actually brought tears. I loved it. I, I was kind of trying to hold back a little bit tears because you don't know how many times um,
2: Leave Concuted? Christians, leave yeah. Christians up to me. Yeah. I mean, I understand the Bible. I can go toe to toe with a minister and have, and he'll he'll quote scripture, and they get nervous when I quote a verse after or before, and they go, uh oh. And, and what they do is they start listening. Uh, I love to play golf,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: one day I was by myself in the pro shop. I'll give you a brief version. Of, uh, of of this and the pro shop said, Stephen, hold on a second. There's a couple of gentlemen that want to join you. And as I looked, here comes two priests. Mm-hmm. And I looked up at the sky and I said, you're funny. You're really funny. And of course, in golf, uh, you're playing and people go, well, what do you do? And I thought, Oh, here we go. But after we talked for the entire length of the golf course, about Isha, who he was, uh, what he was about. And you know, they still call me today and ask me if I want to play golf with them. Yeah.
1: yeah. Because
2: of what was shared and what they were told.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's, it's not-
1: healing for them too.
2: In a, in, a, in a way, you could say that, yes. Yeah. Christ, yeah. Christ didn't do what he did to get people to think the way that they do. And he's no different than Lord Buddha. He really isn't. And by the way, the word Lord is just a second century Greek word for I am. That's what that means. So when people say Lord Jesus Christ, they're saying I am Jesus. And they don't even know it. So when, you, when yeah. you're when you talking with Christians, they're coming from a system that is belief only.
1: Yeah, not practice and no. learn f- for yourself
2: no exactly not like they Buddhism. Test,
1: test it out for yourself we don't need no, to oh,
2: produce, no experience no, it, it no if you test it out you're in trouble in
3: mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: and, and christianity i'm not putting christians down uh, in india they have a saying that says there are many paths to the one god and all paths are acceptable
1: exactly exactly yeah uh, sorry about that i just like um for For many buddhists being told and not even just buddhists but other people in other faith systems around the world sure when they they're friendly and they come across um these different sects of christianity followers and they respect it and they accept it um just like they have been with um, others and yet there are outliers of people with issues of anything but for the most part, but for the most part, many of them are very respectful. And there's a lot of countries around the world that have multiple faiths and they live and exist peacefully mm-hmm. um, with one another. But, you know, I grew up here in America and growing up, I'm like, oh, you guys want to talk about ISA? Okay, no problem. Let's talk about it. And I'm just, you know, really like <clears> um, excited <throat> to talk about another master teacher. And then I get the the opposite back. And mm-hmm. so like many... I've been told I'm going to go to hell. I'm a sinner. I'm, um, you know, just, just, just all these horrible things just to get me to convert. And this is, um, damaging to people. And I'm a strong person. I know who I am and I know, um, you know, the Dharma and all that, but it still kind of hurts a little bit. So, um, I say, these questions because these answers a lot of things for people so um like i said this episode was a gift to me
3: Mm -hmm.
1: but i have another question um for you as well so we have the concept of toku children in buddhism Mm -hmm. and jesus was a toku child sent from the source to taught metaphysics and consciousness Mm -hmm. in our schools so what did the scrolls that you read? I mean, I think you said that you spent six years studying
2: a little over um, that, yes. A
1: little over that. So that's a long time to be studying, you know, the same kind of scrolls. So what did the scrolls say about baby Jesus' star seed origins and birth?
2: Um, well, <laughs> that's a deep subject. Um okay. Um three who didn't know each other initially, three Vedic astrologers. Vedic astrology is very accurate, just as an example. When uh, the moment Siddhartha Buddha was born, um, his dad went to an astrologer to find out what his son was going to be. Dad didn't like the response, so he built what came to be known as the walled city. And I won't go into that. Um, the Vedic astrologers knew a great master teacher was coming. And this was 500 years after Buddha. So they know, because of cycles, that an avatar, if you will, is entering reality, three-dimensional reality. Um, so they knew that this avatar was coming in, and they knew he was coming into the Middle East. I mean, when these, quote, three kings, three wise men, whatever, uh, were traveling and they were following a wandering star, Herod asked where this infant was born. I mean, if they were really following a wandering star, you got to ask yourself a question. Why did this king have to ask when there's this star floating around up there. Uh, No, that's not what happened. Uh, In any event, they knew he was coming, and much like they do the Dalai Lama even to this day, they wanted to confirm that this was the chosen one, being somewhat humorous, if you will, uh, uh, about things. (laughs) and they confirmed that it was and then they gave Mary and Joseph specific instructions of the schools that he was to attend and the places he was to go to ensure that he would achieve the level of knowledge and ability that his destiny, if you will uh, was foretold to the astrologers it, the the gifts that supposedly Christianity says that they left uh gold frankincense and myrrh weren't items gold represented wisdom knowledge uh frankincense was the ability to heal and understand myrrh was the true depth of compassion and what it can do for all of human right uh, right kind. so the
1: right so the three wise men Mm-hmm. Um, were monks that gave compassion, healing, wisdom. I think it is. And yes. um, what was the third one?
2: And, uh, wisdom. Um, uh, wisdom, yes.
1: Wisdom. Compassion, healing, and wisdom. Yes. Those go hand in hand. Yes, I know. Yeah. So, um, So they went there, and what did the scrolls say about the prophecy that he was supposed to fulfill?
2: Um, essentially that he was and I'm really cutting it short uh, essentially that he was the next realm of teacher to raise the vibration of the planet and I think about that that's a huge deal here's one person that's going to lift the vibration of the then known world to a higher level of understanding to be able to handle greater things greater depth of comprehension right and how is he he
1: supposed to do like like explain because this this is a normal topic for me like raising vibration of -hmm. people raising the level of consciousness um so you so the monks went to according to the scrolls the monk went to see baby jesus give him his three gifts Mm -hmm. and then tell his parents um the things that he was supposed to be fulfilling. How was he supposed to raise the consciousness of this planet? That's...
2: By doing what he did. Okay. All right, think about something. Um,
1: and I don't want you to cut it short. Please, just expand no, on it as uh, you wish. No,
2: okay, I'm being candid with you. Think about something. Here's a person that could heal the sick, raise the dead, walk on water, Feed the multitudes, um, which is I, I still find most of that funny, but we'll we'll stay with it because um, that's not what it was.
1: What was uh, it? Because people uh, okay. are going to ask that. Oh, well, can okay, you, walk, right, on right. you can't walk, walk, on walk on water? You can't walk on water. <laughs>
2: um, uh, yes. We have to understand something, and that's this, and I want everybody to hear this. Uh, And any of you can look this up in Genesis, if you will. Uh, After the human came into existence, God said in Genesis, now you are just like me and that we have dominion over all things. Now, really think about that. This thing that we call God is the one that's saying this. We are just like it in that we have dominion over all things. Not that we are better than, which is where the arrogance of humankind is today and was back then as well, according to what I studied. And it was Christ's purpose was to show that we have this ability. We have this dominion. So let's talk about walking on water for a second. There's two ways we can look at that. One, Water, metaphorically and metaphysically, always represents the idea of spiritual consciousness, higher thought, okay? And him, in that context, walking on water, meant that he was with and above the idea, not above as in what we know logically above, that he was a part of that higher idea of consciousness of self. He understood the full ability of the human, Now, let's take it in a literal context. All he did was change or shift the dynamics of what we know as water enough to hold his weight. You mean you can do that? Well, what is the idea of dominion over all things about? I mean, that's not me saying that. That's the Christian Bible saying that. Uh, So all he's done is demonstrate what human is quite capable of being, we cannot, even if we look at Buddha, we, and we can go through any and all of the avatars that have ever lived, and there are more of them than, than what we know about. They all had to, at some point, wrestle with their own ego. Buddha finally got upset and sat down under the banyan tree, tree and, forgive my lack of language, went, this is a bunch of horse hockey. None of this works, I've done everything, and it's all just a bunch of poop. And in that moment, he let everything go, and he became known as the Buddha. All right, Christ wrestled with Satan, so to speak, which in ancient Sanskrit, Satan is described as the ego. Okay, so he wrestled with his ego, doing the same thing. Uh, uh, You know, you have all this power, you have all this ability, man, you could own the world, you could control the world. That was him having a conversation with himself.
1: That's another misconception that I found very fascinating in Western um, spiritual or religious traditions is this concept of hell and Satan as almost kind of as a, a, a fear strategy to, It is. and, and, um, and I'm always, I'm always like, that's basically your ego yes. has gone out of control. You're afraid of your yes. own ego and your own shadow. So yes. if you can see it for what it is, then you can transcend it. And that's, part of yes. the lesson.
2: Yes. Um, good for you. In the scrolls. Well, I send let, a lot of
1: people to the other side. So, <laughs>
2: yeah, All right. It, 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 this, uh, if it, it, I do not see the ego as the enemy. It is not. The ego is one of the greatest teachers human has depending on what you do with it. In the Christian faction, it's called the tempter. Well, what does the ego do? Doesn't it tempt people? Of course it does. But the idea of the temptation is not to do it. It's to use the idea of the temptation as your teacher to show you where the individual could rise above the lower physiological idea of self. We are not just a body. I don't care how any person looks in a physiological sense. I don't care what color you are. I don't care where you're from. It makes no damn difference because all of those are based on ego and the limitation in which we live. So my point in this is in those scrolls, Jesus learned to master the ego and use the ego as it should be as the teacher. It teach right. The person. It's one of the
1: three gifts. It's called wisdom yes. teachings. Yes. It's the wisdom to see through the illusion. Um, yes. Yes. And learn the lesson. So that, and you know, the thing with the scrolls and the teachings about the ego being the teacher is, um he made peace with the ego, or did he completely push it aside for the rest of his life? thing about no, that?
2: No, no. Yes. Here's the simple version. Um, as we learn to operate and use the ego as the teacher and as we overcome every one of our individual temptations, which we all have them, do I take this drink or not? Do I see if I can get in this girl's uh, clothes or not? Uh, Those are all ego-based things. Okay. As you work with each one, and usually the ego plays on insecurities. And then as you work through each one of those insecure views, ideas, perceptions, whatever you want to call them. And let's say you get through 100% of those. Then the ego, you become the master of it.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. now
2: it operates with you. If we look at the idea in the scrolls, it talked much about uh, positive and negative forces, uh, positive and negative energetics. They are everywhere. They are in everything. If you if you look, uh, water is a, a negative charge. Land is a positive charge, left brain, a positive charge, right Right. brain, a negative charge. And when you learn to master those dynamics, and the ego is the biggest interference to keep one from doing it, because you cannot have an ego and rely on ego and have ultimate, I'm going to say, authority. You cannot because of what you would do with it. And right. that that cannot and will not be allowed. I don't care who you are. Every evil person that's ever lived, Adolf Hitler is an example, he wanted this knowledge. No, they would never find it in a bazillion years.
1: Did did uh did the Nazis come what, what did the scroll say about the Nazis visit? Can you give us a They were,
2: they were they they were in India, they were scouring. But you know what? The last place, Buddhists or uh, monks, monasteries, are very welcoming. They'll welcome you in. They'll feed you. They'll do anything you did. And in those days, uh, knowledge of those scrolls were very <coughs> limited. Not that it didn't exist. Henry Rorich, Franklin Notovich are two uh, that were both Russian that had opportunity to view these scrolls pre-World War II, but the knowledge of these scrolls was not all that well-known. Point being is, Nazi Germany didn't know anything about them, and even if they had, of they probably would have never found them anyway, because the monks, they can be, they can play very naive positions, let's put it that way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad that um because there's there's a lot of stories about the nazis um coming through and and just you know squandering and I'm glad that the most precious material was not um was well, not found.
2: Were, no, they were looking for money, wealth, gold.
1: Of course, they were looking for third dimensional yes. things, physical yes. things because they're yes. materialistic. But yes. the the real gold, the they never is, found is the is the scrolls, is the yes. wisdom teaching. Yes of how exactly. to master how to master consciousness self. and the matrix and the self yeah that's
2: well if you don't master self you can master nothing else and it's as simple as that right uh, right and the scrolls very heavily talked about that that's why they talked about the ego and the manner in which they did it's a tool right. it's a divine tool
1: right it's not I, our I, enemy Right, and this, is, uh, and this is very advanced um, studies in metaphysics in all traditions, not just Buddhism. We just ha- happen to have so much, because you said earlier, we're meticulous documenters, and we just keep yes. adding and adding and adding yes. to further our understanding of consciousness, uh, metaphysics, and our reality. But um, when you get into the wisdom teachings and you get into consciousness, The only thing there is, is consciousness. The only thing there is, is, um, the universal one mind is the Lord God, whatever you want to place it. And, um, when you get into that, that is where the value, everything else in physical is just malleable because you can change just kind of like with the water. Mm -hmm. Um, you can change the atomic structure of things Mm -hmm. to manipulated how you need and that's yes. very very advanced stuff so i don't want to get into the six senses of buddhism i think i have a question for you a little bit later on that um which i i i am working with but what did the scrolls say about isa's birth name going from <laughs> yoshef bin yoshef which is y-o-s-h-e-f and then bin b-i-n and then Yosef, yoshef Y O S. H-E-S, so Joseph or Joseph of Joseph is how it's translated. So what did the scroll say about that name going from Yosef bin Yosef to Yeshua bin Yosef after attending the Alenapis Mystery School in Egypt, which was one of the things that he was supposed to do to fulfill the prophecy according to the scrolls um, and the three wise men that told his parents that he has to go to Egypt for the mystery school. So what did, what did it say about about attending the mystery schools.
2: Well, first of all, let's 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 uh, take these in pieces, please. Yes. Um, in ancient times it was very customary to as one grew in knowledge and stature uh to change their name, not to hide anything or to pull any shenanigans, it's just um, shows a shift in understanding, if you will um so yoseph ben yoseph actually interprets into loosely joseph son of joseph so jesus's birth name was joseph not jesus he became known as jesus uh after his first graduation ceremony in the uh mystery schools in heliopolis uh egypt alexandria uh egypt to to, to be specific um
1: Wait, wait. So they, um, the the mystery schools, name him Jesus, or they name him Yeshua?
3: Uh,
2: They named him. Okay, all right. Yeshua is his name. Yes. So
1: the Uh, name Jesus came back later on um, by the Romans, right? Yes. Okay. Just want to make actually to be
2: actually to be specific by Paul.
1: Oh, okay. We're going to get into that. So carry on. I just want to make that distinction.
2: Um, and the reason, part of the reason. Jesus had to fulfill prophecy, just like Buddha did, prophecy to a point, point. and they were, they, according to the Jewish prophecies, the Messiah, if you will, was going to come out of Egypt, okay, so he had to go there first um so he went there first to learn in the mystery schools which by the way is where he had his first encounter with mary magdalene because uh, she was also a student at the mystery schools in heliopolis
1: mm, smart lady <laughs>
2: uh, very uh she's a lot greater than most people tend to think in fact yeah. until until pope gregory the great uh, she was a very revered woman Mm -hmm. and because of the competition she was giving with the gnostic path to the catholic church gregory the great dubbed her as a prostitute Mm
1: -hmm. it's a pr campaign to devalue her yes her acumen yes but in buddhism um miriam i think miriam was her original name
2: Miriam was her name, just like uh um Joseph yes uh, when, so when so he, they when met
1: we, at school they met yes. at at the mystery school sure. um yes so how why did her name change as the same reason
2: yes, accomplish higher levels of knowledge higher wisdom the, these these people in those days were metaphysically tested at what they could do
1: how did they what test they, them how do oh i
2: I couldn't tell you how they tested him. I wasn't there myself.
1: <laughs> I know. But I wonder I, wonder if the girl said anything.
2: Um, no, because that was in Egypt. That wasn't in. Uh, that wasn't in uh, India. Mm. They they tracked only what he was doing. Uh, like the cave he meditated in for right. six straight months. Um, that's documented. Uh, that he sat in this thing for six straight months uh for his meditation practices right so they just
1: document what's going on at their school and and with their students Uh, anything outside of that in other schools
2: was was they could care less
1: yeah okay carry on
2: uh why do you want me to get up and jump around (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) Okay. so
1: i do have another question um so i i I, I was wondering if there's more to that story so um, there is there is what's the rest of that story (laughs)
2: <laughs> um i i kind of forgot where it was
1: oh uh mary magdalene and yusuf uh, meeting yeah. at the mystery schools in egypt uh, well uh and
2: they they were tested in ability of self let's put it that way uh, six senses yes mm-hmm. uh, yep. in, in, intuitive sense awareness uh, and we can go on and on with that. Right, right. And then as they accomplish, their, their grade in essence, unlike today, um, because of the level of knowledge and wisdom, their names were shifted mm. um, from Joseph to Yeshua and from uh, even in India. And in India, Isha is just an interpretation of Yeshua. Mm-hmm. uh that's all it is um i mean my name is pronounced different in um india than it is here and even yeah. in tibetan it's pronounced different which is fine and yeah. by the way we were talking about meticulous record keepers any person in the, united, in the united states if you were to be able to review scrolls you would find my name in several monasteries hmm um, and I don't mind saying if you're ever over there stumbling around for whatever reason, yeah.
1: fact checked it. <laughs> yeah,
2: you can fact check me. It's um, uh, Darjeeling, you'll find my name in the scrolls. Uh, you'll find it in the Holy Cross Monastery and the Hemis Monastery in Leh or Ladakh. Right. Um, there same, a, same
1: as same as isa because he is in many different documents as well he's in the quran he's in hindu texts in you know the the buddhist texts in many different ones yes and so there's just so much material to further fact check so you know
2: See, see going back to what you were mentioning earlier christianity thinks they own him no,
1: yeah, they, what is up with that? What is up with that? Well, because it, we don't it, own it, him. Nobody no, owns anybody. Nobody, exactly. Nobody owns spirituality. So what oh, is up no. with that? I
2: mean, I mean, you know, Christians, I mean, for goodness sake, and I'm not intentionally putting you down because you're very special people in your own way. You just don't realize that. Nobody owns anyone, and especially a great master such as that. The reason they do that uh, is because they don't – and modern and understand something. When the Bible was first created, uh, people have just followed it for centuries without ever questioning it. And that's a story in itself. Uh, And why they don't, because you could have been literally killed and burned and tortured and burned at the stake if you did in the early times. Um, And then they just accepted it as, pardon my pun, the gospel, um, and they've taught it exactly the way it was originally taught. And what they had was an illusion in the first place. And that can be documented if people want to go out there and look. I'm not downplaying Christianity again. That's not my intention. Truth is the intention. Mother Nature is what she is.
1: <laughs> okay. So um, now the next question I have for you is what does the scroll say about Issa returning from the crucifixion with John the Baptist, Thomas and Mary. And do the scrolls say anything about who supposedly died on the cross?
2: Well, uh, first off, nobody actually died on the cross, at least in ways if we're talking about um, Esha or Yeshua. Uh, How do we know that? If anybody knows basic physiology and the biblical story that's presented Um, you would know, and here's why. Um, When Christ supposedly had passed away, uh, the Roman centurion pierced his side with a spear, correct? Do you know the story?
1: Uh, I've heard, but I'm not uh, exact on the story, so please tell it to people who aren't familiar.
2: Anyway, uh, he pierced Christ's side with a, a, a spear, and Christ bled. Well, anybody in the medical field knows that uh, a dead person does not bleed uh, Mm. at all. Um, And there were a lot of things that happened that day that ordinarily do not happen, and here's just a brief version. And part of this, you have to study the history of Rome to understand it. When a person was taken off of the cross, 100% of the time, uh, their knees were broken. Um, Christ, they didn't. And by the way, I'm going to backpedal for just a second because there's more to this story than meets the eye. Am I calling it a a crock or a bunch of baloney? No, it's just the truth and the point, if if understood, is well-intended and serves the purpose. And here it is. Um, Nobody uh, going through a crucifixion was ever allowed anything to drink while they were on the cross, Christ was saying he was thirsty. Interesting. Joseph of Arimathea, by the way, who happens to be Christ's uncle, uh, and there's more to that story than meets the eye, uh, was there and he told the Roman centurion that the bowl that he had in his hand was a bowl of vinegar and that if he stuck the sponge into Christ's mouth, uh, it would make his thirst worse. The centurion fell for it. Uh, put the sponge in Christ's mouth, just as the Bible says. That is true. And then within moments, Christ went out. In other words, he was knocked out. If we also look at scripture before that event, um, um, it says in the Bible, Eloi, Eloi, Yama Sabachtiani, which according to them is my, my, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? That's not what Christ said. Christ said, Eloi, Heloi, why have you forsaken me? Heloi, he was talking about his uh, teachers from Heliopolis, thus Heloi. Joseph Joseph of Arimathea also had attended Heliopolis. um, And he was there, gave him the sponge, knocked him out, took him down. And the only person that they gave the body to once they took him down was the wife of the person on the cross. And they gave the body to mary magdalene
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so they did get married yes yeah they had
2: they had three children
1: that's one of the questions is that three and the children that they have that the scrolls say you know what no this just says they got married and they had three children
2: no the scrolls don't necessarily say that there are other documents that do okay. uh see once once christ was taken down uh he and mary magdalene they returned to india um and instead of hanging around uh in the Middle East, I mean, for goodness sakes, he was supposed to be dead, so he had to disappear, mm-hmm. and, of course, they did, and when they went back to India, yes, the scrolls do talk about their return, they do talk about them being married, and they do talk about the children. Does I, this I re- say anything
1: re- about what happened to the children, or, I mean
2: does it yes uh, what does it ulti- say
1: about the children
2: ultimately uh the scrolls stop when the children and i remember two of the names <clears throat> i don't remember the middle child the first child born is sarah or sarah as it's pronounced in this part of the world uh the second child was another daughter um and i don't remember her name but the third child was a son and his name was boaz B-O-A-Z, uh, and when they left uh, the children, when they left uh, <clears throat> India, they journeyed towards Europe.
1: And that's where it ends?
2: It, that's where it ends, uh, that's, well, that's where the scrolls don't go any further than that. Right, right, And, just, and, and, and what our area. To, yeah. Yes, and there are factions that talk about the Merovingian line, in France, uh, that are supposed to be the line of the children.
1: Did um, did Mary and um, did Mary and Isa follow the children? Because kind of grandparents no. kind of do that a little bit. No, yeah, <laughs> I didn't... hear you.
2: In modern times, they do. In ancient times, not necessarily. Okay. No, okay. in fact, it was for uh, safety reasons that because. Uh, People aren't aware of this, but Christ was almost killed in India uh, when he was talking with um, uh, what were they? Uh, I think I, I think I want to say the Sikh faction about right. uh, about uh, the truth of the priests that they had, and well, that kind of
1: goes into my next question.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Okay, because um, you know there's a. According to the, the Country of India's documentary on this, the board of directors are comprised of Sunni Muslims
2: yes.
3: who
1: care for the supposed remains of Isa at the Rosabal Shrine in Kashmir, yes, Kashmir correct. India.
2: That's correct.
1: Okay. And, on the, and by uh, the
2: way, that, that is true.
1: Okay, so the Roosevelt Roosevelt Shrine has a tomb of a man called Isa um, that died about 2,000 years ago. And the rock carving is an image of a man with crucifixion wounds on his feet and buried in the Jewish tradition of directions. So, did you visit the tomb and kind of, you know, can you tell us a little bit more about your thoughts? Because it's not open to the public anymore.
2: No. Uh, It was very select few anyway that could even go in there um being being a monk and having the robes on of a monk i mean it has its advantages even when it came to the scrolls they were they were very willing to give them to me when we uh, arrived as an example and i'm this is before we got to kashmir uh which is where the tomb is um when we uh, got to the hemis monastery they already had the scrolls ready for me to review, because they knew we were coming, and they knew that I was with them. I was, well, in those years, I was probably the only, well, I white know, guy that's I, ever been there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I love it. Yeah. Uh,
1: hey, it's a, it, a it, shame it, of being a white guy in India. I no, mean. I
2: know it's not, but I, I was, I, where I was going is, is I know for a fact that I was the only um, white guy that was a monk um, uh, for sure.
1: Did the scrolls ever say anything about what race Issa supposedly was, or is that something not relevant?
2: Uh, yes. He, think of an Arab. And their dark complexion. Uh, so there's
1: not this blonde, blue-eyed no, guy that, Lord, no, no. that you
2: see in these um, I, I laugh, pictures. Uh, yeah, I laugh so much at that. That's ridiculous. So he looks but,
1: like a normal Arab.
2: Yeah. He mm-hmm. was brown-skinned, uh, brown-eyed, uh, long hair. I mean, as b- brown-skinned as you can get.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. And, and what about
1: Mary? Same thing? or
2: uh, Yes, she's Middle Eastern. She didn't have blonde hair and blue eyes either, yep. Now, the way they portray these people is so ridiculous you, you would think that people would get it right off the bat, but they don't, yeah, that's why so, Christ said, if the blind lead the blind, shall they both surely not fall in the ditch?
1: probably, but um, oh, he said that <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I, I, I saying, yeah, probably they would fall in the ditch, but indeed, so when they talk about him being Western, he's Western from the Arab. Yes. West into India, not west into right. Europe. New. No, Eurasia.
2: New. Okay. New. No, no. uh, when they talk about the, uh, the three wise men from the Orient, yeah, okay. I get it. Close. I know where they get that from. <laughs> uh, it's not quite as in China yeah. uh, or Japan, but it is, if you will, the Orient by reference to the Middle East.
3: Mm hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Just like
2: Jesus was not Western as an American or European. No.
1: He's Middle Eastern.
2: He was West of India.
1: West of India. Thank you for clarifying that because that is a misconception. Yes. Um, that I always found so fascinating in the artwork because I study art history. I'm like, oh, that makes no sense. Let me ask you this. What was Always the-
2: follow that, by the way. What? When, when you're studying something that's supposed to be the truth. And you say it makes no sense. Follow that.
1: Follow that lead. Yeah. Yes. It, it should fact check. Yeah.
2: No, should, no, no, no. Should, fact check today is a very common thing.
1: It should back up. Back up.
2: Yes. Just find the truth. You know, we can refer to it as any way that we want. But fact check. How are you going to uh, even from, I've had people ask me, did you fact check the scrolls? Oh, oh yeah. Like, who am, who am I going to talk with?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah you know i want to know because energy healing is very um common and there's yes. a lot of modalities yes. for energy healing and there's even more today um what are the most popular healing modalities that isa used did, did it ever Reiki. say
3: Ricky? yes
1: still practiced today riki and it was yes. we found um in the early 19th century from another buddhist monk in japan who refound it and mm-hmm. made it popularized so riki was, wonderful
2: usui yeah. usui riki
1: okay now um with respect to christianity most christian sects diverge from catholicism and the king mm-hmm. james version of the bible now, why did they completely reject Isa's scholarly years in Buddhist monasteries and his latter years after the crucifixion? Why didn't they, why did they completely remove the teachings of having an awakening, working on your ascension, you know, getting into well, consciousness? That's easy. Hold that, on. That out of teaching and instead instead they added the mythology of the son of god and they removed the teachings about everyone being a fractal expression or a piece of consciousness itself Um, so and and that everyone has the ability to attain their spiritual gifts in this holographic matrix that we share so you know why the belittlement of humanity why this PR campaign for control of the populace, and especially of women. So you, it's kind of a you, long-winded question. So
2: No, you, you just hit it right there. Uh, control. It was always about control. Mm-hmm. Um, when when we look at when the church, early churches were found, I mean, come on, think about it. The, the Bible wasn't even bothered to, to be put together until 300 I mean, years, three to mm-hmm. 500 years after mm-hmm. That's subject. I'll take that. Uh, three to five hundred years after the supposed passing of Christ, what took him so long? In fact, if you really look at it and did the homework, even the gospels as we know them to be, all dated uh, seventy five to uh, almost a hundred years after supposedly the crucifixion. What took him so long so that tells you already that uh, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John didn't write them
3: mm-hmm.
2: unless mm-hmm. they had the ability to overcome what we refer to as death okay right. uh so the whole thing is put together and we can thank paul uh for his desire to be in power and authority and i'll just put it that way so uh, paul
1: paul not to yes. make paul the bad guy there is a teaching is a lesson to be learned in this but if Paul. Is. Paul mis mis uh, mis told a lot of this and then did a PR campaign one against Mary for one his and what was his one purpose?
2: Uh power and control. He wanted to control the masses which is something that Christ was totally against. Uh and it, any Christian would agree with that. Yet when they put the uh, started putting the Bible and the church together it was about power and control. Think about something here for a second. And that's the That's that. um, In the early kingdoms, the Catholic Church was the very people that were the tax gatherers.
3: Mm. Here's these
2: people that could not only take your land and your wealth, but they could take your soul. And they could throw to you to this place that was known as hell, which in those days, think about it, dark ages, superstitious period of time. So what they did is they usurped one superstition for another one. There is no hell. Mm -hmm. There is no Satan. Mm -hmm. I mean, if people stop and thought about it for one second, you mean to tell me this thing that we call God uh, created human, along with satan its arch enemy and it wanted to play ping pong and it's going to use the human as the ball makes no sense to me that's not much in the way of divine Mm -hmm. no all right so in that so uh, this concept
1: of of hell and demons again is just another aspect of the pr campaign to control people
2: yes all right look at it this way Mm -hmm. um christ very specifically very specific anybody look it up matthew um, when he it was inquired of him about forgiving sins. He's very specific. And I quote, man cannot give forgive another man's sins. Only God the Father can do that. And I challenge any Christian out there to look that up, and that's exactly what you're going to read. All right, so if man cannot forgive man's sins, what are Catholics doing? What are the priests doing forgiving sins when they have no authority according to Christ? They don't, but they're doing it, and keeping in mind, as was said earlier, there's really only one sin, and that's the illusion of separation, and then when you take a look at the Inquisitions in answer to your question about women, uh, the vast majority of people, which is over 10 million, and and I'm not kidding, the vast majority of those 10 million that were tortured and killed by at the hands of the Catholic Church were women. People don't realize that the early churches had more devices of torture than all the nations combined on the planet, even to this day. And they used them during a period they called the Inquisitions. That's where women were locked, if you will, Women are the part of the equation that creates divine. We have it internally and externally. And it's as simple as that. The authority is being given to women in present times. If we were to just take a look at what's going on, feminine power, which scared the early church yes the ancient times feminine power is finally coming back into her own and i'm so pleased that that's happening
1: yeah it's about time it's happening and i i speak a lot about uh about the female um the female buddhas like tara and kwanya and others absolutely you know and miriam is a wonderful female buddha as well um if you want to label it as that and absolutely um, if we had had a history where powerful, beautiful, intelligent women were allowed to express themselves fully without any kind of mm-hmm. negative PR campaign, it, it you know, we may have a completely different outcome. Um, we,
2: would have, different we outcome. would have had a different outcome. But that that being said, uh, it, as you know, there are no coincidences, there are yeah. no accidents. Everything happens for a reason. So even in that uh that that took place for a reason and uh, no it has its purpose and here's the purpose if you want everybody to wake up to divine nature then it cannot be the simplest thing well it can be the simplest but not necessarily necessarily the easiest a question i learned a long time ago which was posed to me by one of my teachers from india is this let's say that you're god you uh no excuse me your goddess expression
1: expression Mm
2: -hmm. yes yeah um and you created all of humanity in your image and in your likeness and that being said you wanted them to become just like you that would mean you would have to put it somewhere where your creation would find it so here's my question how would you do it and where would you put it in women would you I like it. G- good response. No. What you would do would be this you would make it so simple that nobody would believe it. And the second thing that you would do is you would put it in plain sight where everybody could see it.
1: Ah, uh, yes, that, that's a good one. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. And that's the truth. And you want to know uh, not only did, did I get that from uh, Lobsang and my teachers, but I later got it when I was getting my master's in religion and theology. It's actually in the Bible itself. It says Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. All right. Yes, it would be in women. Why? Innocence. You have to do it innocently. And there's Mm -hmm. no other way. Innocently and openly. Yes, ma'am.
1: Yeah. Really, really good. I can really go off on on that one, Me but too. I'm going to go. <laughs> but for the sake of time, I'm going yes. to um, ask this question. I was told by monks growing up that his name Jesus is Latin for fake Messiah, <laughs> which was changed, which was changed from Yeshua, which you have verified that um, was given to him in Egypt, was changed from Yeshua to jesus or Mm jeshua to jesus Mm -hmm. to remove his the lineage out of his name so it was almost it was almost as an inside roman joke to call him jesus which is fake messiah so what are your thoughts on this concept that his true name was rebranded as jesus so that people can be calling him fake messiah what are your thoughts on that
2: um huge <laughs> but it, in see,
1: latin that's what it means
2: <coughs> no i know that Besses, I, I, Besses. that's the reason i'm sitting here smiling going oh she's done her homework
1: oh yeah um, oh you know, i've been told i, I was uh, going to go to hell for a very long time so this well, is you Well, know <laughs> you, you
2: know what if you do one i'll see you there and two if you do uh, walk through the place like you own it and they'll leave you alone
1: <laughs> but anyways yes please ask no, that okay. question about
2: that's simple isn't that in a roundabout way saying that uh, all of Christianity is following a fake uh, Christ? Mm. And isn't that make in a roundabout way saying that uh, what, 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 what that 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 what's being taught is not true? Mm. So that's one way to look at it. And again, I have no ax to grind with Christianity. Right. And it's just that uh, I've been told, probably similar to you, that I was following a fake path that was going to lead me into hell. Right. And I've been, I've been told that by ministers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Who never really saw the scrolls or no. anything like that. No, I have no, I, have no yeah. idea. I always call him Yeshua because that's more respectful. That's his real name. That is his real name. Joseph. But I never really call him, I can't can't make myself, for the purpose of this episode, I'll call him Jesus. But I can't make myself do that because I know.
2: You know what it means.
1: I know what it means. And I know that's a disgrace to the the lineage. Okay. Well, that answers that question. So let me ask you this. What does the scroll say about Yeshua's last name is Christ? How is it related to Krishna? <laughs> Krishna in the Hindu Vedas? Is it like well, Christ well, and Krishna for well, like the off, crystalline first, consciousness? I, I, wait,
2: all right, no. I, I, I love it. Christ was not his last name.
1: <laughs> We're going to break down the bad PR campaign.
2: I hope. I would love to see it broken down. I'm going to break uh, it down. Well, you know, there's a funny thing ancient wisdom says that the truth shall always be made known and sooner or later, the truth will be made known as that. Um, now in, in response to the question that you asked me, um, the name Krishna and Christ last name, I love it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they had a pretty party well, no, coming up with these names, by the way. I'm sure they did. I can imagine all the Catholic monks sitting around oh, drinking me. wine, going, "Hey, I've got a hell of an idea. Let's let's <laughs> say this." Um, but no, uh, Krishna in Hindi is the exact same meaning as Christ. There's no difference. In fact, one of the things I suggested to you on the phone, and, and you can look it, and you can Google it. Uh, so people can check it out. But there's a place in India called Jerusalem. Now, that's really close to Jerusalem. Am I saying that all this other stuff about Christ is not real? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying it's all valid. But I am also saying, find out the truth for yourself. Because if you just follow along blindly, then you may this may be following an illusion. Buddhism is a philosophy. It's a way of being. It's a way of life. It's not about power and control. It's not about saying to you, you have to do this, you must do that. If you don't, you're going here, or you don't, you're going there. Buddhism has nothing like that. Yet, there are some factions in this world that believe that having power over people is the most important thing, and that's not true.
3: Wonder- all Wonder- teachings,
2: all teachings, if I might, all teachings outside of the idea of Buddhism are about keeping you away from who you are. Some philosophies would tell you, "You can't be this, you can't be that. That's not true. I cannot find anywhere in ancient texts the divine creator said anything like that. If anything, it's always been just the opposite of that, that it wants us to be like it, that it wants us to follow that divine nature within us. It's our gift, and it's our gift to share with people without fear. It's nothing to hide from. It's nothing to stay away from. It's you, already. Christ himself said in the Bible, that you, when asked, you look here and you look there for the kingdom of heaven, yet you do not look within you. If God's in heaven, and heaven is within you, then Buddha and all the other teachers were correct. It is us. It is who you are. Right. So, yeah, everybody.
1: Yeah, everybody can. Everybody will and can attain christ consciousness yes ma'am or be christ-like is another way of saying it but it's basically like krishna
2: no it's like christ christ consciousness consciousness is what it is it is what it is it's us it's It's who we are
1: it's is it like our the crystalline nature of who we are
2: yes perfect okay i like it
3: perfect like
1: it i like it we're on the same page. Okay, well, you know, we barely, barely scratch uh, I know that. I how know deep our that. conversation can go, and we present a lot of valuable information for people to gnaw on, Indeed. And, ev- and everything that Dr. Harefield writes about is about awakening and also how to free yourself of perceived burdens, Yes. so when you master your own incarnation. So for more yes. information, everybody, from um, Stephen Harefield's offerings, go to his website, which is hare. Field just like a sounds.com and dr hairfield thank you again for a fantastic interview it was hey. especially healing for
3: me
2: you have you have great energy and you keep going no matter what people want to confront you with uh the illusion always diminishes in the face of light and truth you thank you that.
1: thank you very much that's very very good words to take home with you um, and with me. And so again, for everyone else, thank you so much for listening to another enlightening conversation. Until next time, blessings.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. For more information about today's guest, please go to the show description. For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to Merkabachakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.